0: Hello, and welcome to Our Three Cents, a podcast celebrating the finest video games of the last 30 years. My name is Jonathan Dunn, and I am joined once again by my childhood friend, Chris Dow. Evening, governors. And my adulthood friend, Minty Booth. Ooh, it's your boy. And we are discussing our all-time top 100 video games of all time. This week, we are coming in with number 99 on our lists. But before we do that, what have we been playing this week?
1: I've been on the road a lot this weekend due to the fact that uh, I've been at a a wedding. So naturally you'd think, oh, didn't really have that much time to game. Uh, But thankfully, I've been able to enjoy my Switch on the road. And I've been playing, well, every time I sort of open it up on the bus or in the car, I'm like, I'll play like three minutes of Skyrim just so that I can be like, I'm playing Skyrim handheld. On the bus I'm matter and about all that sort of thing but um, at the moment i'm really getting my teeth sunk into labyrinth of refrain coven of dusk Ooh. lovely it's uh it's a nipponichi uh, rogue like dungeon crawler
0: type game those are all words
1: yeah yeah um <laughs> just a really fun game um so sort i've of got all the nice sort of crazy role-playing elements and game mechanics that you'd expect from games from that studio and you just sort of wander around caves killing monsters. Oh, it's brilliant.
2: Wonderful. Wonderful. Mm. Chris, what have you been playing? I decided, I don't know if you saw, uh, Zone of the Enders, if you ever ever heard of that game. The second game recently got a port to PlayStation VR. And uh. I thought, oh, I could give that a go. But it'd probably be good if I'd played the original, which I'd, I'd never played growing up. So I managed to get hold of the HD collection for the PlayStation 3 a few days ago. And then the first game is quite short. So I, I played through that. Over kind of the last two three days, um, and it's fine. It's it's a good five five out of ten. It's one of those. It's kind of a, an anime-inspired mech action type game. Awful voice acting. Terrible CGI cutscenes from the early 2000s. But the um, the combat's really fun, and it's it's yeah, it's not bad. I'm looking forward to playing the sequel in VR at some stage soon.
0: Oh, lovely stuff. And am I right in saying that you
2: also played through? Are number one hundred games. I did. I don't know if this would become like a recurring theme. I suppose it depends what what people nominate. Um, but I did take it upon myself to play Ella Bits or LEDs. Um, Minty's choice from oh, last time because I'd never actually played it, despite it was on my shelf. Um, and it is, as Minty said, very much a first generation Wii title. <laughs> it's <laughs> probably the nicest thing you can say about it. But um, yeah, ni- nice concept. Maybe not amazing execution. Uh, and I did play through all of the first Clockwork Night. Uh, I haven't made it onto the second one, which obviously you not nominated last time, Jonathan, but it was a good laugh.
0: Good. That's lovely. Nice little trip down memory lane. I would love it if, uh, over the course of these 100 episodes, um, that we could each play 300 games. Um, but <laughs> I don't okay. know if that's realistic. <laughs> no. We shall see. We shall see. I'm up for the challenge. As for me, settle in, guys, because I'm about to go deep on this game because i've been playing uh, dark souls remastered on the switch oh dear uh, yeah so i I've, i haven't played a dark souls game before and i know that it's raved about for being brilliant and i know that it's kind of raved about for being incredibly hard uh and i thought you know what i'll give it a go i'll give it a go and i started playing it and i was not feeling it at all i was just like you know what like if i need to push through 30 hours of playing a game before i start to enjoy it i don't see the point it's exactly the same response i had to monster hunter world i was like i probably would get into this if i played it for like 40 hours but i i
2: why should i spend 40 hours not enjoying something Mm -hmm. I think a lot of those games would be great if we were younger,
0: <laughs> and had more time. I
2: think. Yeah, and this is the thing. We're kind of we're time poor as, yeah. as adults now.
0: However, I have a lot to thank my friend Stephen Smith for, for he really encouraged me to stick with Dark Souls, and I was texting him, asking him all the questions that the game does not answer in the first kind of <laughs> you know few hours of the game. Because I mean, it really throws you in at the deep end, uh, not just yeah. difficulty wise, just explanation wise i just didn't know what was going on and i'm very very glad that i have pushed through with it because i am having a brilliant time with it i mean it is it is incredibly hard uh, but also that sense you get when you finally beat an area or you get through a boss that you've been trying for ages to do is absolutely extraordinary and it's it's obviously it's Deep, um, stacked in
2: rich lore. Rich syrupy lore. Oh,
0: yeah. Dripping
1: with lore. <laughs>
0: just sodden mm. with lore. <laughs>
1: like a smashed beehive full of lore. Oh, stop
0: it. Like, Red Dead Redemption 2 arrived uh, the other day, and I played for about an hour on that and was like, I can't. I've just got to get back into Dark Souls. It's just wonderful. So, yeah, that is what I've been playing. It's uh, time to stop procrastinating and start podcastinating, chaps, because we are moving on to the rankings. Starting this week is my number 99 in my all-time top 100 video games of all time lists. Take us away. So often when a new kind of uh, piece of tech comes out, we talked a bit about this in the last episode uh, with uh, the Wii and the first sort of main sort of offering of games with very much tech demo saying, right, this is what you can do with motion controls. Wave
1: your hand around. Yeah. That sort
0: of thing. And it's like that with 3D games saying, "Oh, okay, this is what you can do with 3D. And it takes a few games and, you know, a few sort of failures and successes before kind of developers go ah, okay, this is the best way to use this new kind of um, mechanic or this new gimmick and that leads me on to this game which is the first game that really made me appreciate virtual reality oh boy I know I know there are many games that kind of sell you on uh, the idea of an experience that you have and very rarely it lives up to that um, because of various restrictions of technology and time and space and money or whatever Hmm. uh, this is the first game that made me go this is exactly what i wanted from a vr experience that game is super hot vr
2: yes i've never heard of it this is a good one
0: super hot was a game that came out which i haven't played it's different to super hot vr and i think the general concept of super hot is it's a a first person uh, action game but time only moves when you move So if you stand still and don't move, nothing else moves. But as soon as you sort of move to take a shot, people will start to move.
1: Is Um, it very sort of blocky or polygonal? That's absolutely right, yes. Yes, I know the
0: one. And I didn't play that, but I did play the VR version, which is a separate game. And it is absolutely phenomenal. I mean you genuinely feel like you're in the matrix like because despite the fact that there's just one camera tracking your movements you really can kind of duck and move and sort of hide and um, move your arms and you you don't have to be like that but if you choose to (laughs) pretend like you're in the matrix the game will respond like that it's absolutely amazing so if if you want to sort of duck down behind something and and put your hand above the the wall and shoot somebody that will work it was just mind-blowing because it was like this this is totally fully immersive this is amazing and it was just a fantastic experience it's the game that I show to anybody who wants to see what VR is like I'm like right play this And yeah, there were some fun VR games that I sort of played, stuff like Job Simulator, and you know various other kind of demos like the Batman demo and like the kitchen horror demo, which is you know literally from the devil, (laughs) horrible. But uh, yeah, this was the first time where I thought, ah, okay, yeah, this is this is what I want from VR. This is what VR promised me, uh, and I am not disappointed.
2: When I played Superhot VR, again, mind blowing, I think is the right word. Mm. Um, but I I played like the first kind of hour or so when I was on my own one evening uh, and then when Sarah my partner had come home from wherever she was that day it was like as soon as she walked in the door I was like helmet's here in you go <laughs> it's, it's like you say in, in terms of like showing other people what the tech is capable of yeah I think I think it's absolutely one of the one of the best examples uh, for PSVR or, or any VR headset really. Yeah,
0: and I think that's where kind of the PSVR kind of actually trumped kind of other uh, hardware formats because of the of the amazing kind of like software kind of support that it had. Because like technically and spec wise, it's it's not as sort of capable as Oculus or sort of other other headsets on the market. And certainly stuff like PC gaming where you can have sort of more than one camera to give you a more immersive experience. But yeah. That doesn't matter because, you know, the game is so good that it kind of transcended the technology. Good word. Thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: It was enough to kind of keep me interested in VR for quite some time. It is, in fact, the only VR game on my top 100 list. Is it? Um, it is. That's a bit of a spoiler well. Not really. It's an anti-spoiler, isn't it? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but it's been really, really nice to kind of have... a have had a bit of a recent sort of resurgence in, in sort of VR gaming um, and seeing kind of what games are being made now, like uh, Moss, was just really wonderful. It was basically, you know, again, it's sort of saying, right, what can we do with VR? What works? And really kind of refining that uh, into an experience. Um, so, yes. My number ninety nine is super hot VR. Mm,
2: thank you, fantastic.
0: Moving on, Minty. What is your number ninety nine? So
1: taking a step back from the uh, the great technological advancements of the past few years, we're going back to the Nintendo sixty
2: four.
1: Lovely weird controller, <laughs> Black Hill. N64 little red thing in it. and this game, which is my number ninety nine, was probably the first game that I ever played. Or I was like, whenever there was collision or anything like that, it was the first time I was like, yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can feel this. I really like just in general. I'm re- I really like physical sensation. Like I'm a very sort of touchy person. That's
0: tactile gentleman.
1: Tactile gentleman. Yes. Lovely um, phrase that is a lovely phrase huh? oh. that's going to go on my Instagram bio let's name in shame my number 99 game is a game called Hydro Thunder
0: I have never heard of it have you not? no oh it's, Hydro it's Thunder a good one. it's good it is good yeah
1: Hydro Thunder is like it's like a mashup of F-Zero and Wave Race
0: well that sounds brilliant I'm in yeah <laughs> two tickets please I mean it's a great title
1: Yeah, so instead of being on jet skis, you're in, like, these sort of, I guess, these repurposed, like, aircraft hulls, Mm. some of them. Um, And they're all sort of all these these sort of big, like, beefy machines that you just sort of go around all these uh, tracks on. And very simple game. I think it was on the PS1 and the N64. I played the N64 version. And, yeah, very simple mechanics, like, press A to go the main way that you attacked was through your boost so as as you boosted your 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 craft would begin to sort of flash and that would sort of give you i guess the the kinetic energy to just sort of gently tap one of your uh one of your competitors and just launch them <laughs> it was great fun and because because you were going at some speed, you could sort of really rock it into the back of them, and the screen would shake you to this massive crunch, and they just they just go flying. Instead of just being like, oh, oh, I've stopped now, they would literally like cartwheel through the air.
0: Oh, that sounds incredibly satisfying. It was.
1: It was mm-hmm. oh, lovely game, was meaty, it? difficult, lots of different uh, crafts to choose from, which weren't just palette swaps. Like there were some really good ones. Like, one of them was. Uh, yeah, it was like a little bit of a jet ski type thing. Another one was literally a, a like a repurposed plane. Another one, I think, was was a UFO oh. that was given a propeller or something. <laughs> and I never, I was never good at it enough to unlock the secret ones, but they did have a silhouette in the manual.
2: Remember manuals? I love manuals. I absolutely love manuals. You know what? Here's a here's a little bit
0: a tidbit for you. Yeah. Once, when I was in primary school. We had a weekly reading assistant come in and we had to go and sit with them for ten minutes and read something that you were reading with them. And I used to take computer game manuals and read them yeah. with, uh, from like some Sonic games on the um on the Saturn and and being like, So, this today is Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> and they'd be like, Okay. <laughs>
1: I did exactly the same thing with the manual for the Doom games. Amazing. Well, no, I didn't. Oh. Me and my friends were sort of reading through it.
0: It's a roller coaster of emotions, MNT. And we saw the and we saw things like, oh, they say, it's the word
1: bitch. <gasps> oh, what does S O B mean?
0: I don't know. You know, we're going to have to mark this episode as explicit now.
1: Oh, that's okay. Just use a fun like video game. Sound effect to bleep me out. That,
0: that would be fun. I will do that. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs>
1: That's Mario for you.
0: It was good. It was <laughs> very good. Have I uh, done my impression of Luigi getting hit by a banana in Mario Kart? Please Not do. This, oh, it's the... either Luigi or Mario. I no, it is it Mario. It is Mario, isn't it? It is. Yeah. You ready yeah. for this? Yeah. Minty, do the music. <laughs> 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 there it
2: is. <laughs>
1: Fantastic.
2: After it, you need you need to dub in as well, like because you've obviously been hit by someone like Donkey Kong. He always does a big "oh, oh" noise because because he's hit you, hasn't
0: he? Or it's like Wario coming past, going "eh." <laughs>
1: <laughs> or Toad with his with his uh, brutal falsetto.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hydro Thunder. <laughs> All the secret characters were just silhouetted um, on the uh, on the crafts or stats page, and one of them, I think, was a gondola with a dog sat in the front, <laughs> and that was the one thing that drove me to try and complete it because I I have to know like what the animation for this guy just you like frantically ped, frantically peddling this gondola. <laughs> um. <laughs>
2: It's a different time, isn't it? Because there's oh. there's no fun in games anymore.
0: Exactly. There are no canine, Italian ferrymen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Criminally underrepresented demographic.
0: It is. It is. <laughs>
1: it was just funny as well. There's very subtle humour. Mm. As it as it was loading the tracks, it would go through like There would be a voiceover for sort of like system checks, like uh, accelerator ready, steering wheel ready. Cup holder, Ready. Yeah. That always tickled me. It's because it's
0: very very funny. It is. Yeah, yeah. That it's just rich in yeah. little
1: tidbits. It was a very nice game. Again, some
0: overflowing in lore.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah.
0: Just a fully saturated lore.
1: Like an abandoned basketball left out in the rain. Oh. Just dripping in lore.
0: <laughs>
1: Sodden with lore.
2: I'm almost 100% confident no one has ever made that sort of correlation between Hydro Thunder and and that florid uh, description of basketball-related liquid lore.
1: Anyway, yes, that's Hydro Thunder. Good game
0: would play
2: again. Moving on. Christopher Michael Dow. (laughs) Full name, basis. (laughs) I know. We can do that. We can go there. It's happened now. What is your number 99? My number 99 is... I don't know, I'd be surprised if either of you knew it, but you, you might shock me. This is a game from 1993 on the Sega Mega Drive. So going right back to childhood again, but slightly newer than last week. And it is a game that was developed by a team known as Traveller's Tales. Oh, I know Traveller's Tales. Who you probably recognise from later games. like The Lego games is what they've been pumping out for about the last yeah. decade now. Um, and back when we were growing up they were the ones who did Sonic 3D they were the ones who did Sonic R on the Saturn and some of the notable titles that you know may appear on lists later or maybe not it is a game called Pugsy ooh yes that rings a bell almost unpronounceable P-U-G-G-S-Y a a nonsense word, a nonsense name Um, and it is a very strange 2D platform game that's based entirely around having a really rudimentary physics system so it's really unconventional for the era it's kind of not not what would have been common for that time and it does some things very well and some things very poorly but <laughs> overall it is a decent game pugsy is the main character that you play as he's like a weird alien thing and following on from what minty was saying last week about uh Elibits or LEDs having these these strange shaped characters pugsy is another pear-shaped character so that's two for two on episodes oh, so yeah. far very very strange and he's, he's easily one of the ugliest characters ever <laughs> conceived for a video game
0: oh, but is he happy in himself
2: he smiles constantly <laughs> so that's the only thing huge doting eyes smiling constantly the face covers most of his pear shaped body he's got two little stumps for feet and, and little antennas on his head um, but it's the type of character that would never be green lit these days it's like we're, we're talking about kind of like games changing Things go through so many committees now that back then it was probably a team of like three or four made the whole game. The person doing art was probably doing the coding, probably doing part of the music as well. It's like a real, just a different way of making games. And the one part of his body I have not mentioned, but it is the most important, is his two little hands. Because the whole control scheme revolves around being able to jump like most platform games of the time, being able to use items with one, and then the following button, or the last button, is to grab items and then when you hold it down to be able to lift your hands up and down to change the position of the item on your body if that makes sense so it's either above your head or at your chest kind of thing and the whole point is that you're using this kind of momentum or you're using this kind of physics of these different items and whether they weigh more or weigh less uh, to kind of solve basic puzzles or, or kind of manipulate bits of terrain and things like that so you'd have puzzles for instance where if there was a ledge that was too high to jump to you could either stack items up by kind of picking them up and putting them in a little pile and then kind of jumping up your little stack, Um, or using the momentum of Pugsy by kind of like holding something above his head, hooking it onto the top of the cliff, and then using his not inconsiderable upper body strength to kind of hoist yourself up. It's just a very weird way of playing a game for that era and that time. It sounds it. It's quite hard to visualise, but I mean, it is essentially just a 2D side-scrolling game. But so much of it is about like picking up just odds and sods around the floor sometimes it'll be like a weapon that might be like a little pistol that's got a few bullets in that you can use the the action button to fire but more of the time you're just either stacking items or finding items to deliver somewhere else or kind of throwing items and using their weight to you know either either get you know a long throw or a shorter throw depending on on what they weigh and it's kind of there's a lot of stuff in it that is really clever for that era that you wouldn't see until years later sort of be like main features of games
0: it's uh interesting i was just just doing a a tiny little bit of research on the side here and apparently it was the original kind of vision for the game which he didn't manage to kind of get to is basically what little big planet is
2: oh so essentially like creating and manipulating whole landscapes and levels yeah i mean what i find fascinating about that game is i played it as a kid and, and didn't really appreciate this stuff as much as I think I do now in hindsight. Mm. Because when I was growing up, a lot of the puzzles are really, really finicky. There's there's stuff that will take a long time to kind of get right, even though it seems like it should be really simple. But it's it's a limit of the platform. It's kind of, you know, you're working with a 16-bit machine that just doesn't have the oomph to to make the, the calculations and stuff to actually make it work. So it's a really ambitious title for that era it's really odd like I said it's a massive game there's loads of levels the aesthetics are kind of all over the place like I said the character design is is dreadful but there's a lot of real kind of like atmosphere to the stages themselves
0: apparently the design of the character was based on a space hopper
2: oh yeah yeah I can see that actually so if anyone googles this afterwards, if anyone finds a picture, you will see that it's a really good comparison that I, I never thought to make. I went with pair, but no, Space Opera is definitely definitely makes more sense.
0: I mean, it's I I love games like that where they've they've clearly they've got an idea and they've gone right. This is how we think. You know, this we've got something here. Like you said, like these days, a game like that that was essentially like an unfinished concept. Yeah, in a different way to say a short film is kind of like goes oh yeah look we've got this idea and they go oh yeah okay we see the potential in that let's make a feature film this even with it, even with like indie games the level of competition is so high with indie games now yeah. not just any old rubbish gets <laughs> yeah. get, you know gets released <laughs> and yeah it's sort of indicative of a very sort of exciting sort of period where
2: people went oh you know what we can do this and they they really you know they really
0: tried i mean Traveller's traveler's
2: <laughs> tales i think they came from like an amiga background so so they were working on kind of more powerful hardware like on the lead up to kind of then working on home consoles. And I, I think there's, there's a lot more experimentation on kind of like the home computer boom of like the late 80s and early 90s in, in Britain especially, where people could afford to kind of do these like single concept games and put them out at the time for like a couple pounds on a floppy disk or a cassette or whatever. That It's surprising that that was still kind of bleeding into sort of like mainstream at the time sort of cartridge releases as well. Yeah. But like I say, it's completely different now. And, and this type of thing, for, for the state it's in, you know it's polished in that it looks like a a finished product but like you say a lot of things don't work quite how they should and it's it's more the type of stuff that gets pumped out like when people do like short game jams and things like small development teams just have an idea make a prototype in a few days and then maybe it gets fleshed out maybe it gets chucked out kind of thing but i think for the era it's it's a game that's definitely greater than the sum of its individual parts like it's really ambitious it doesn't always stick the landing for what it's it's trying to do um but it's absolutely worth playing just because it's unlike anything else on on platforms at the time
0: well there we have it another eclectic trilogy of games we had Superhot VR
2: Hydro Thunder and Pugsy
0: who would ever have thought that those three games would be mentioned in the same sentence but here we are (laughs) and on that rather optimistic note uh, we wrap it up for the week so if you have any comments or feedback or indeed any questions you'd like us to answer, topics you'd like us to discuss, feel free
2: to get in touch. You can tweet me, at Jonathan Dunn. You can find me, at Chaz underscore Hodges, on Twitter.
1: I don't like Twitter, but find me on Instagram, Drunk Ollivander.
2: Wonderful stuff. Use the hashtag, Our Three Cents,
0: and join us next week for our number 98.
1: Goodbye, everybody.
0: Oh, oh, oh.